Welcome to the Confessions of a Working Mom podcast, where we bring you real-life working mom stories, tips, tricks, and advice for thriving and surviving in motherhood, because you shouldn't have to experience working motherhood alone. Join our community of support as we discuss all of the things and how we get by in this sometimes crazy and imperfect journey of working motherhood. Hi, Amy. Welcome to the Confessions of a Working Mom podcast. How are you today? I am doing really well. Thanks, Kelly. It's so exciting to be here. Yes, thank you so much for coming on the show. So you have a very sort of defining moment in your life in which you were sitting on the floor of the San Francisco airport pumping for your son. Let's just dive right into that. Can you take me back to that day, that story, and talk about that moment and how it sort of led you to create Pump Spotty and how you arrived where you are today? Sure. Yeah. Well, even hearing you say it, you know, I feel like I can, remembering the smells and the sound and all those things, I feel, you know, I've heard so many stories. I know I'm not alone in sometimes having to pump in a bathroom. And, you know, for me, I remember I was, it was like the floor was sticky. And I just remember the stress of hearing all the women outside the stall, like queuing up to get mm. in because the airport's so busy there. And here I am pumping because there was no other place to be, you know, there was no space that I could find. This is about six and a half years ago. And so I didn't have a space and didn't know where I was going. And I just, I was pumping and I was about to board probably my sixth red eye in a handful of months because I was running a marketing agency in Maine and all my clients were out in the Bay Area. And I had to go back to work when Max was six weeks because when you run your own business, you don't have a lot of maternity leave or backup support or, or all those things. And so I um, was just traveling and taking red eyes because you don't want to be away from your baby. You have to time things. There was so much yeah. pumping and freezing and shipping milk and, you know, all that stuff. So anyways, here I am on the bathroom floor. I had been in this like somewhat new reality. I felt like all I did was either nurse or pump or think about some element of nursing and pumping. You know, where was I going to do it next? Was it like, did I have the fridge in the hotel to freeze the milk? You know, could daycare hold off on feeding him till I got home? I mean, you're sort of in this time period having to feed every couple of hours and go through it. And, you know, I felt sort of like a crazy person, to be honest, where it was like an obsessive kind of, you know, your lifestyle is consumed by that. And meanwhile, I'm still trying to run my agency and deliver all these projects and presentations and all that stuff. And so I'd been on a, you know, a tear of pumping and Ubers and airports and planes and, you know, all the stuff and wasn't sleeping. And I was sitting on this bathroom floor and, you know, my, at this point, my breast pump is sounding evil to me. It's like sounding like Darth Vader and I'm having all these scary thoughts and I'm sweating and I'm crying and I'm hearing everyone. And I just, you know, I was so passionate about the importance of trying to keep feeding my son and to keep working. But I had a moment where I was just done. Like I just was ready to quit. I couldn't take like another moment of the logistical planning and the emotional stress and just the exhaustion of this lifestyle that I found myself in. And I was, you know, sitting there thinking this is going to be my last pump. Like I just can't do it. I'm done. 
And I texted my sister. And in that moment, she just texted back. She said, you've got this. And for me, it was literally like a light went off. I was like, man, as much as I feel so alone, so isolated, so overwhelmed, so miserable, like it was like literally like the lifeline I needed. Like I'm not the only woman who has navigated this journey. And even, you know, six and a half or seven years ago, even then it looked very different. We still weren't talking about it. And I think breastfeeding so much of it, even still to this day, it's so invisible. We're always going into rooms. We're always covering up. We're always hiding it from our companies. We're not, it's just, and, and yet it's lifestyle. Like breastfeeding is a lifestyle for a very long period of time. You know, for those of us, you've done it, you did it 18 months. I was almost two years with both my kids. And so it's this very present thing. And hearing that from my sister was sort of like a light bulb went off. And I had this moment where I thought, man, what if we really could connect all of us who were going through this? If we could build something that felt like this bright light in a world of bathroom stalls and broom closets and all those things, and we could share the knowledge of where to pump, if we could share the emotional support of like, you're doing a great job. I see you at 3 a.m. and you're not like the only one. Yes, we're like we're all here, we're up. And because my background was in community building and marketing, I sort of had this vision of, gosh, I could like we should build an app or a space that's very dedicated to this time period of life. And that's really when pump spotting came to me and what sort of catapulted me on this journey. You know, I never thought that I would have a career in breastfeeding or, you know, be building something in the maternal health space because not anything I was ever drawn to from a health perspective or what have you. It's just like raw need and pure passion to make the journey easier for other people is what landed me here. That's absolutely amazing, Amy. I can just resonate with your story so much. I did not travel for work when I used to work my corporate job, but there always was sort of, you know, just a struggle back then because as you mentioned, five, six years ago, it was a very different sort of space for breastfeeding and for pumping moms. So I just love that you took that experience and shaped it into where you are today because I think that really is going to help so many moms and so many families. And the part that you mentioned about being like breastfeeding, being a lifestyle, that sort of being a lifestyle, that truly resonates because when I used to go to work and pump and we did have like a dedicated mother's room that I could use and everything like that, but I still felt kind of alienated because some people would be like questioning, like, what is that room? Why do you have to do that? Like, what is this? What is that? And it kind of makes you feel like the choices you made, people are not accepting of in a way. Yeah. And at a time when, A, you're so vulnerable, it's hard enough, you know, your hormones, your emotions are through everything. And I think anyone, no matter what your feeding journey looks like, and every feeding journey is beautiful, whether you, you know, breastfeed for one day or not, or exclusively pump or combinations, like, you know, really what we're talking about is every feeding journey, because babies have to be fed like the same amount of time and logistics, no matter how you do it. But it's a time period where not only are you vulnerable and you're exhausted and all these things, but we really should be celebrating. It's such devotion and such commitment and such a beautiful sort of 
I don't know, thing to say, I'm going to commit to this and other things and I'm going to make it part of my life. And so, you know, going into like putting that notification on your calendar or going into a mothering room in the workplace, to me, it's like, I just want to get to a place where everybody's high-fiving you on the way and it's celebrated. And it's like, man, you are amazing. And you're doing, you're feeding both your family and your career. And that is not easy. And, you know, it's not something to be like hidden, but something to be just normal and celebrated and possible for anyone who wants that journey. Yeah, I love that so much and totally resonate with the, it's exhausting being a new mom in general, emotion, like all the emotional stuff that comes up and then having to return to work after only a few weeks, that's a whole nother layer in, you know, it's for some moms, it's just not enough time. And, you know, we don't have a nationwide maternity or paternity leave policy still in the United States. So that still like gets me fired up. Like, you know, some moms have to just go back to work like the next week and it's not, you know, they're not being supported in that way. No, we have a long way to go. I'm an optimist, Kelly. So we'll keep talking about it because I see lots of opportunity, but I definitely, yeah, we've got a lot of work to be done, but that's why it's great to be having these chats. Yeah. We've come a, a long way since the past 10 years or so, but yeah, we do still have a long way to go in some areas too. So can you talk a little bit, Amy, about how moms or even dads in the workplace after returning, after having a new baby, some ways that they can start sort of advocating for their family needs when they return to work? And especially, you know, since we're talking about breastfeeding and pumping and feeding as it relates to that too. Yeah. You know, when I think about the journey, the sort of the best advice I have is kind of, I think that you can prepare for it in a few different ways. I think first you can prepare your mindset. You need to be gentle with yourself. You need to tell yourself you can do this, whatever it looks like. You need to know you're not alone and you need to kind of, I think, go into this journey understanding that every day is a new normal and what you need and what's offered is maybe going to shift and you're going to have to find your way through it. And so I think it's about flexibility and openness with yourself and with your employer and kind of all around. So I think like step one is kind of preparing your mindset for what this looks like. I think step two is really preparing with your employer and with your company. And I think as hard as it is, it's really about conversation and really trying to just be open and establish channels with your manager, with your coworkers, with the environment that you're going in. And if you can do it, you know, before you go on maternity leave, the best time, because you're not quite to the point of sleep exhaustion and, you know, you're planning ahead. And so I think sit down and have a conversation and ask, you know, schedule time to talk about this. Say, here's what I intend. I intend to try and breastfeed and pump, you know, do it as long as I can, which might be a year, you know, might be what have you. I think sometimes education is really helpful in that conversation to say just the Mm -hmm. actual biological logistics of this are that the milk comes every two hours. And so whether (laughs) I am right, you know, it it sounds silly, but just like supply and demand, the milk's going to come. And whether I'm with my baby or away, there has to be a way to express it because it's very important to keep me healthy and to keep things going and what have you. And so, and then talking about what that might mean within your workplace for breaks and timing and and all of those things. And I think 
saying, you know, this is what I intend to do and I'm going to need support in that. And here's a few things that can be helpful. You know, I'm going to have to do it every two hours. So I'm going to start at 10 o'clock. So team meetings, if we usually have team meetings at 10 o'clock, is it possible when I come back for us to do them at 11 or something that helps me not have to feel the stress around structuring? I think small examples in that conversation of how you could work together as employer and employee to make that happen. Ask questions, you know, do we have a policy that I could take a look at? There are federal and state laws that support you in this. You know, tell me about our lactation spaces. Do we have a place to pump? Do a walkthrough. Like, let's go together, figure out how long it's going to take you from your desk to the pump room, where you're going to store your milk. I think like being physically familiar with all that stuff, like a plain checklist before you get there, like what is the day going to look like is really helpful when you get back. And it really, Ultimately, and we'll, like, we'll talk about this, but like, does your company have something like pump spotting or benefits that help you with lactation consultants? Do you get a free breast pump through your health insurance? And can you talk about that and what have you? I think if you just schedule time, say, here's what I intend to do. Here's my questions. Here's what I think I'll need. And the most important thing is that it's like, it's a dialogue and it's very human because when you come back, you might have to have a conversation and say, this isn't working. I may need to work from home more, or I actually am exclusively pumping, which means I'm going to have to pump more than I thought I would. And that's going to look like this or what have you to kind of open it up. But I think sort of like prepare yourself, prepare the conversation, and then get to preparing your gear and your schedule and all those other things. But I feel like if you can kind of get to a place of openness with your and gentleness with yourself, and then just clear communication with your team so that it's something that everybody's on board with is really, really worthwhile and effective. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I think open communication is always just the best advice. And so reflecting back on sort of like what I was going through when I was pumping in the workplace, I know I was really just like scared of talking about it because I worked in a very male-dominated industry. So I guess what would be your tip for a mom like that is in the same situation? Like maybe she's just kind of scared of even saying anything because it's a very sort of male dominated and she doesn't really know how her manager would react or if anyone would understand, like what's just something you would say to a mom like that? That is a great question because I think it's very frequent and common. And first I would say come to pumpspotting.com because that is the place to, you know, we have language and forms and things that can help you with emails to craft or ways to write and just helping bridge that conversation with your employer. I think look for the champions within your company. Are there parents, you know, who've been through this before that you might talk to them and have them help pave a path for you? Is there someone in HR who's part of this that you trust or that you could have that conversation with. I think if you, you go equipped with some of the language, so it's not on you to be able, and you can even send an email to say, here's what I need. And you know, here's what I hope for if face-to-face is too hard. And if you can find someone within the organization to help or, you know, look for resources like us and others that are just here to say, we'll be the advocate for you. Yeah, that's great. Yes. So I had sort of like a, friend at work who had just had a baby like a year before me when I came back. So that was just like a huge help. She was just amazing and like sharing everything that happened to her, how she went about things. So yeah, 
I think getting those advocates and people that have been through it, that's really helpful for new moms and new dads going back to work. Yeah. If there was ever a phase of life, like Mr. Rogers always says, look for the helpers. Like now is the time to look for the helpers. I think one of the things that's been beautiful for me about this journey is there is so much willingness among us parents who've been through it to pay it forward. Like I want to open doors. I want to help people. I want to be the person at work that people come to that say, you know, hesitant or feeling this or what have you. And I think I'm not alone in that. I think that's happening across the board. And so look for the helpers and don't be afraid to kind of voice those conversations with people that you know have been through it or might be open to that. Yeah, for sure. I love that quote so much. That's one of my favorites. Look for the helpers. So how, Amy, does pump spotting help companies sort of become more supportive of breastfeeding and pumping in the workplace? Well, the great thing is that I think most employers want to be supportive of working parents and what they're doing. I think they want to do the right thing. We've just been in this place and we've learned this from all our time speaking to thousands of parents and talking at companies and what have you, is that that breastfeeding support in the workplace is still a new concept. And so I think to some extent, companies don't know what to do or what that means or where to turn. And we actually found that a lot of companies and employers are perhaps breastfeeding tolerant, which means that they might have a place or they might have a policy or they, you know, in theory, support a parent's journey to nurse and pump and handle this, but they're not necessarily actually building cultures that are breastfeeding supportive where managers are on board with that, or, you know, scheduling meetings, you know, they have things that help you find rooms and check into them. There's sort of this like first level, second level or what have you. And I think, you know, with pump spotting, what we learned is that we built this beautiful technology system that gives parents everything they need, access to experts, community, places to pump the encouragement, like the whole system, like the central hub of support for parents, and that we could make it take it one step further to remove barriers for employers so that we could be the hub to also offer and fulfill all the layers of support for employers. So when companies bring pump spotting on board, not only do they get to give pump spotting full access to their team members, but pump spotting serves as their central hub. We help you with compliance and your policy and auditing your spaces. And we, the technology offers some custom things for companies like an internal community space. So all your parents virtually can connect with one another. And you can use pump spotting to input all your lactation spaces and parents can check in and share rooms or schedule times or communicate around those pumping sessions and things like that, which is really powerful. And we give you a toolkit that kind of walks you through how do you, what, you know, just what are the checkpoints you need in order to make this happen? So I think at the crux, really what pump spotting doing is, it, what pump spotting is doing is simply removing barriers on both ends, whether you're the employer or the parent, so that together it's really one solution that makes it possible for parents to navigate this. And I'm really excited because one of the things we unearthed over these past few years is that businesses of all sizes, have parents who are breastfeeding and working. It's not just the big corporations or people who work in office jobs. It's parents who work everywhere at the local dentist office and marketing agencies and retail and restaurants and manufacturing. It's like working parents are everywhere. And I think what's exciting about what we're trying to build is a benefit that's really cost-effective and it serves every employer, whether you have one parent or 10,000 because everyone needs support the same. And so it's been really exciting for us to think about how can we make this 
simple to implement, effective for everyone, and really be transforming workplaces so that breastfeeding is built into their breastfeeding support is built into their fiber. That is so great, especially the part about the scheduling, because I think that was sometimes a struggle if you had a bunch of new moms coming back to work at the same time. I think that is just so useful to have that just, you know, have that all right in the pump spotting platform. And that way, sort of the employer can just bring you in and not have to worry, like they're on board with your mission. And it's like, you're just implementing everything to make it successful. So yeah, I just think that's really great. Well, and the, the cool thing is everything we've built has been based on all the conversations we've had with parents. So we heard from so many people that it's like, okay, great, I'm coming back and I know I have a lactation space, but there are some places, some hospitals and things like that, where it's like, this building, you need a key card, that building, you need a certain code, like even accessing the room, there are all these like communications ins and outs. And, you know, people were lacking a central, like, where do I find all that, which is really hard when it's your first day back, and the milk is flowing, and you just need to get into that room. And so, you know, in some ways, some of those features and things, when we talk to employers, there's still a lot of education, they say, well, you know, do we really need that? And it's just getting them to understand how like removing those barriers of stress around things like that and the touch points is a huge win for parents. And a, breastfeeding support is so good for business. It just, it has, you know, almost $8 ROI for every dollar invested and it reduces costs. And so it's like healthy moms and babies mean healthy business. It's a win-win for everyone. Yes, and definitely anything that can reduce stress when you're a new parent, you want that on board. You want to be on board with that. Yeah, so definitely that's really great. So what would you say, you know, Amy, is your the favorite part of the work you're currently doing? What lights you up? What drives you forward to keep wanting to do what you're doing? Getting to meet so many parents and moms who are rock stars. I mean, I think the best part of my day is still when I hear, get emails back or hear from moms who say, man, you know, hearing from someone on pump spotting made all the difference for me in terms of keeping going or your email or your words of encouragement were just what I need to hear. I mean, I still am on the app all the time because I, like anyone, love, love just jumping in and sharing encouragement. So I think that that continues to just spur me the thought that like individually we're really impacting so many families and people. And if I can just be nourishing parents forever, it would make me thrilled. And then on the flip side, seeing the the lights go on and the aha moments in boardrooms and with leaders and companies and what have you to really feel as though we're also changing the dialogue around what parents need and how we can change cultures and you know, every time I think we take a step forward with the company or just one person on that side in terms of changing things, I also feel really fired up and fulfilled in that way because we're not only helping individuals, but hopefully making changes for the long term. You know, and it's not easy. Lots of people still don't want to talk about breastfeeding. And we're in a place where, you know, there's competing demand for family benefits and things like that. And so I'm not, you know, painting a rosy picture that we're in this place where the work we do, there's a lot of my days that are frustrating and stressful and hard trying to move this forward and reach enough people and make things happen. But I think what I come back to is just what a beautiful community we serve and how much interaction with them really bolsters me to keep building and moving forward. That's really beautiful. I love that. 
So in your sort of interactions with on the road meeting new parents, because you actually, didn't you travel in an RV for a while and go around the country meeting tons of parents to talk about pump spotting? So what was that experience like, first of all? And then what's something you learned from that experience? You know, we had this wild idea after we launched pump spotting that if we were really going to build a solution that served every feeding parent and what did that look like that we really had to meet as many parents as possible. And so Lindsay, who is my head of product and she develops the app, she actually is pumping while building pump spotting, which is so fun. We had this idea that we should buy a bus and turn it into a nursing and pumping suite. Did that. We bought a 40 foot RV. We called it the Breast Express. She was nicknamed Barb. And she was like a mothering oasis. There was a living room up front for moms to sit and nurse. There was a full kitchen where we could feed everyone who came on board with protein shakes and lactation tea. We had a find your flow station with breast pumps so you could talk about the differences and see how they worked and really get in there. And then we had, you know, a wall to add your boob art and encouragements. And it was just like a really surprise and delight space that always had a lactation consultant on board. The first year I lived on board for five months and traveled across the country. And in over two years, I think we stopped in more than 50 cities and probably met close to, yeah, over 5,000. I think we tracked it. We had over 5,000 parents on board. And I think some crazy number of the back said honk if you love a mama. I think we had like 1,300 honks from traveling on the road, (laughs) which was also pretty amazing and kind of fun. I mean, it was just so, so amazing for me and so moving. The biggest thing that I learned was the power of the community connection and how much one little offer of support could really change the trajectory for a parent in terms of breastfeeding and also sometimes mental health and, you know, postpartum depression, all those things we would, parents would walk on the bus and you could literally see the weight. They'd hold their baby. They had their diaper bag. You know, they were struggling to learn how to latch and all these things. And you could just see them walk on the bus kind of carrying the weight of parenthood. Mm -hmm. And they would sit next to another mother whose baby was also in the NICU or they would make friends, you know, and we would feed them and we would hold their baby and let them just like walk around and take a moment and, you know, they get a question answered or something and spend time and they would leave looking lighter that really Mm -hmm. something had been transformed. And I think the takeaway for me was the power of that nurturing and how could we Mm -hmm. replicate that like again and again on the app within, you know, workplace support. And so we kind of carry that with us when we think about the work we do and how sort of every parent can leave lighter after a touch point with us. That's absolutely amazing because sometimes all it does take is just talking to someone who went through a similar experience as you or for someone to say, you know, it's okay to feel this way. We've all felt that way at some point in our lives. Just that kind of relatability and that comfort. And I just love that you did that and we're able to take it like on the road and like share it with thousands of other people. That's just amazing. It was wild. I mean, you know, in hindsight, you never know what you're getting yourself into. You're like, sure, we can do a cross-country tour in an RV. Now, granted, Kelly had never, I'd only ridden in an RV once. So I was like, sure, we can do this. There was a lot that we had to learn and all of that. But, you know, it was pretty magical to see the way people got involved. And every town that we went to, we would, we really plugged into the maternal health communities that were there. 
So we pulled into hospitals or birth centers or mom's front doors or, you know, companies. And so, and there's just such beautiful work happening in every community across the country. And so really for us to just be like a microphone in amplifying that and unifying that was also pretty cool. Yeah, I love that. That's so amazing, Amy. So switching gears a little bit, I wanted to talk to you a little bit about how do you balance growing your startup company and with your family life? What is that like? What has that experience been like for you? And any takeaway that you can give to other moms out there, like considering maybe a similar path? Yeah, it's wild. (laughs) I think, you know, for all of us, when you're trying to build something, especially when you're trying to build something as a new mom and parent, you're sort of birthing multiple things and every day is definitely a new normal in every direction. And so, you know, I don't know, I don't have it figured out. I would say some days are better than others. Some days, you know, we're in the flow and things are moving forward. And some days it just, you know, I feel like I'm not crying on the bathroom floor, but I'm crying on some other floor trying to figure out, you know, the balance of things and such. Um, But it's been really rewarding. I think for me, I've always been built. My worlds always collide. I've never been someone that's very good at compartmentalizing. It's just not who I am. And so I think one of the ways we've gotten through is that my family has been so much a part of this journey that, you know, I mean, I couldn't have lived on an RV away from my children for all that time if I didn't have a partner, a husband who was so amazing and supportive. And, you know, the kids just love Barb and, and they'll do things like they'll see teal and they'll be like, mom, it's pump spotting color, or they'll (laughs) see a pregnant woman and say, you got to go tell her, you know, about pump spotting. And so I haven't shied away from involving my kids in not just the joys, but the really hard days. I mean, when I got on that bus, I mean, I, when I was about to board the bus, it really struck me what it meant to be away from my family. And I was just like, beside myself. And, you know, my daughter, I remember her, she was sitting on my lap and we had a conversation. I said, sometimes we do really hard things for the things we love and they pull us away from our family or they make things difficult. I'm like getting emotional again, remembering it, but yeah, involving my children in the good, like the journey has hopefully made it easier when I work too much or we're all over the place. And because like everyone plenty of days when I have guilt about where I am or where I'm not or, you know, what I could be doing differently. So for me, that's been the the takeaway is really that it's been valuable to have everyone involved. And the other thing is I really do try and stick to like a morning meditation. For Mm -hmm. me, I just Mm -hmm. need to breathe a lot and I'm not good at it. My mind is all over the place. And so I really tune in to a lot of people that help do that or what have you. But I think this Mm -hmm. like for me, the meditation practice has been the one self-care that allows me to kind of handle whatever either motherhood or work startup business or both throw at me. Yeah, definitely. Meditation has been life-changing for me as well. Yeah, um, right? And I love what you said about sort of involving your kids. And I think that really sends an important message to our children because we are building these dreams, we are building these platforms that, you know, that are in our hearts and our minds. And maybe someone told us at one point, you're crazy, you can't do that. Like, you have to just work a corporate job, a nine to five and stick to that path. Like, you can't do these other things. But we pushed forward anyways, and we pushed towards our dreams. So I really think that just something that's so amazing for our kids to see us do. 
because that's teaching them so much about what they're able to do in their lives and how, you know, they don't have to let other people tell them how to live. Yeah. And I think we live in a world where, you know, there's so much creation happening and things look so different and not so many things, even now with the pandemic and the way work flexibility is happening and remote and reevaluation and such. I think there is no black and white ever in our world. And so I guess, and maybe this is the, <laughs> the optimist in me, but I hope, you know, we're teaching our kids some resilience by seeing us as parents kind of navigate that journey and work through things and not know how to have faith in what's not clear before you, how to be honest when you really make mistakes and, you know, all of those things. I mean, I'm sure when they get older, they'll have plenty to say about how it all went, but we do the best we can, right? One day at a time. Of course. Yeah. I mean, that's all we can do is the best we can. And I just, everything you're doing is so amazing. I love your story. I love your journey. Are there any other thoughts you want to leave moms with today before we move on to a little bit of a lightning round? Yeah, I just want to say you are amazing. Like no matter where you are in the journey, no matter whether today is a good day or a bad day, like what you are doing is remarkable. And the the amount of dedication and love and commitment and effort you put into your family and work day to day, like you are not alone. You are totally radiant and rocking it. And we like myself, everyone at Pump Spotting, women all over the world, like we're here behind you and cheering you on. And I hope you feel the power in that collective strength and, um, you know, quit on your hardest day. Just keep going. That's beautiful, Amy. Thank you so much for sharing that. So I have just a few more questions for you, sort of just to get to know you a little bit better, find out what you're working on and things like that. So what is your favorite part of being a mom? I mean, the morning snuggles in the bedtime, like when they get up and they come running down and they get in bed first thing in the morning and they put their little cold feet and warm faces all (laughs) over you. Yeah, that is pretty special and amazing. What would be your non-negotiable practice you have to do every day so you can start or end your day on a positive note? I have a, a gratitude journal. And so every morning when I wake up, that's what I do. I write five gratitudes, five things to do that day, and five things I want to do at some point in my life. And then I close my day by sharing something that made me smile and a win I had to kind of celebrate coming back around. And it's been months now. I do it every morning. And in fact, my daughter has one. Sometimes we do it together as a family. And so for me, that like moment of gratitude every morning has made a huge difference for me. I love that. And I love that you added in the win at the end of the day. Yeah, That's so important. That is so important because sometimes we kind of just get in our own minds and we're like, oh, the day didn't go well, or, you know, I didn't get everything accomplished I needed to. But if you write down that win, you can see you are actually accomplishing things. (laughs) Yeah. And it also helps you once you start writing your wins every day, it also helps take the pressure out of a win being something monstrous. Because like every day you can be like a win is like, I actually made it to yoga class, even though I really didn't Mm want to go. Or, you know, a win is that I sat on the floor for 10 minutes between calls playing something. And so anyway, I think it's good to celebrate them. And I think the more the routine nature of doing it makes you kind of reevaluate what is winning in your life. 
Definitely agree a thousand percent. I love that practice. Some of your favorite, like either favorite podcaster, favorite author, or another expert that's really influenced you in your life. Yeah. Well, because of my meditation practice, I've been really, really motivated by Gabby Bernstein. So listening to her and doing her meditation challenge, and I think her spiritual nature, I love I really believe that there's like universal energy happening and where we're going and all of that stuff. I I love that. I've gotten really into Oracle cards. We pull them on our team and we do all kinds of fun stuff with like, what do the cards have to say? Yeah. Do you have them on your desk? All of them sitting right here on my desk. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Amazing. And so this is my favorite. It's called the wisdom of the Oracle. It's by Colette Baron Reed. That's my favorite Oracle deck. So I'm super into that. And I think then other than that, I follow Dave Bailey. He's someone that I re- like obsessively read all his startup blogs. So it's kind of like a combination of the mystical and mindfulness and then work oriented. That's absolutely amazing. Like everything you were saying, I think I have like everything sitting on my desk. Like I have Gabby, I have Oracle cards, I have all of that stuff. I've gotten really into it recently too. So I love that you brought that up. That's amazing. That's so good. And and actually my mantra, my favorite mantra, which comes from all of these things is uh, that which is meant for me will not pass me by. Oh, I love that. Takes the pressure off, like forcing something like over and over again, we feel like we have to, whether it's motherhood or other things, we feel like we have to get it just right for it to all come together to win. And there's something really beautiful in the power of releasing. If it's an alignment for us, the way it's supposed to be, it'll happen. I love that so much. There's a sort of relief that comes with that statement too. When you said it, I was just like, mm-hmm. you know, you can just kind of let like let go a little bit and just enjoy the ride of life. Yeah. We so, try hard as parents to be really perfect and there is no perfection. Yeah. So, you know. Definitely. Well, thank you so much, Amy. Where can the listeners find you online? If they're interested in your further resources, if they're interested in getting the app pump spotting or looking at everything you have to offer. Yeah, you can go to pumpspotting.com and there you can find how to download the app, how to contact us about employer, if you're an employer, how to get a letter for your employer. All those things are pumpspotting.com. We're at pumpspotting on all the social channels. And I love connecting with people. So I'm at a Van Heron on Instagram if you want to message and follow me. All right, perfect. And we'll also include all of that info in the show notes. So we'll have all the links in there. So listeners can just go right in there and get to those very easily. Thank you so much again. I truly, truly, this was such a life-giving conversation. I really loved talking to you. And I can't wait to see what you do with pump spotting, where you take it in the future. I'm super excited to continue to follow your journey. Thanks so much, Kelly. I feel the same way. It was really fun. Now we'll have to go pull a card and see what, what's in yes. store for us next. <laughs> for sure. For sure. I always pull one before every meeting now. So that's a thing now. Yeah. So fun. <laughs> Amazing. You have a wonderful rest of your day. Thanks, Kelly. Take care. So hi mamas, I wanted to take a quick minute just to tell you about my brand new course that's going to be launching 
So I had mentioned this course in the past and life happened and I got a little behind in creating all of the modules, but I went on this amazing family vacation over the summer. We traveled out west and it really put a ton of things in perspective for me. I came back and I said, I really feel passionately about launching this course for moms. So what this course is, it's for you if you're feeling stuck. You've been in the burnout cycle for a while, you're not sure what steps you can take towards a better work family life integration, you crave freedom from the typical nine to five, and you're certain there has to be a better way to do this working mom life. So I've totally been in your shoes. I want to help you discover your passions and dreams and turn them into a viable business online so that you can find your zone of genius and finally feel passionate about the work you're doing without sacrificing your family life along the way. So I will ask you, if this sounds like what you need in your life, Mama, then I'd love for you to join me in the business launchpad. So you can go to theworkingmomcollective.com slash launch, L-A-U-N-C-H, and you can sign up to get on the waitlist for the course, which will be launching in October. So again, that is theworkingmomcollective.com slash launch, L-A-U-N-C-H, and that will get you set up on my waitlist. Um, I'll send you some email notifications just to let you know when the course is open to sign up. And you can also get all of the details and what you'll be getting in this course at that website. So again, I would love to see you in the business launch pad. I really feel passionately about helping other moms reach their big goals and their big dreams. And I want to help you sort of fast track your way towards your dreams. So let me help you follow your dreams because that is what I feel most passionately about is helping moms discover their dreams and their purpose. So if you would like to join me, please get on the wait list and I can't wait to see you inside the business launch pad. I would be so, so grateful if you went and left a rating and review of the podcast. So Apple loves it when you rate and review the podcast that you love listening to. And it would just mean the world to me if you went over and left a rating and review for the podcast. So that way our show can be introduced to more working moms that really, really can gain positivity from these episodes that can teach them something. So if you go and leave a rating and review, I would be so grateful and just thank you again for continuing to listen every week. You are the reason why I continue to talk into this microphone for this podcast. Without you, I would have the podcast. So thank you so much.